This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by A1 Steak Sauce. The Nick at Chickachalupa, not recording on time for the Shattenkirk trade and recording right before it happens. And, as always, Adam Clendetting. Adam, contact us. Please, come on the podcast. We're your biggest fans. Please, if someone knows Adam Clendetting, call us. Please, Adam, come on. Please, what? Here we go. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. I'm here with my good friend Greg, and we're at the trade deadline. We are unfortunately recording right before it, so if anything happens during this podcast, uh, we're sorry. Greg, say hello. If there's anything I want everyone to take away from this podcast this week, it's that Ryan Mead is a first-round fuck boy. Uh, you listen, I'm all about the first-rounders. I need them. I need to keep them. That's what. No, you're, you're a fuck boy. It's fine. So up, upcoming, yeah, I guess so. We did just call ourselves Potty Mouse at the end of this podcast. So <laughs> yeah. uh, on today's podcast, we're going to go through the trade deadline a little bit. We're going to talk about the upcoming holidays as we always do. We're going to get, we're going to really get heavily into stakes. But more importantly, uh, we're going to have two guests today. One is Andy Sukoff of the of the Stony Brook SeaWolves. He's going to cover hockey with us and talk Rangers a little bit of fandom and his, his sad life as a Jet fan. And then we're going to have Brandon Cohen on to talk a very serious Shattenkirk, a Blue Line Station. Uh, he's gonna come on and give us all his takes on the on the trade deadline, and they were both great interviews. So we're pumped to see you, pumped to see you, pumped for you guys to hear them. Uh, but first, let's start with this, Greg. Tons of teams have been calling about JT Miller, uh, and we are holding still with JT Miller. Is this the correct move right now? Absolutely, I agree and with you totally. This is this is coming from a person who, if you listen to this podcast through October and the entire summer. I was the first one saying, you know, maybe not a bad idea to trade JT Miller. And I was the second uh, one saying, absolutely not. Well. I don't think he, look, he was good last year, but he's taken his game to another level this year. And then you factor in the fact that he's on a very cheap, very affordable bridge deal um, that covers them until free agency. There's no reason to trade him. 
There's zero reason to trade him. There's zero reason to trade Kevin Hayes. There's no reason right now to trade Matt Zuccarello. And there's no reason to trade Chris Kreider. Those are, if, if you're going to identify four guys not named Henrik who are untouchable, it's those four. And then fifth is probably McDonough. Probably. Uh, he's playing unreal. He's taking his game to another level. He's probably been the most consistent Ranger forward all season. He's been able to play center effectively when the Rangers need him to slot in there. He's been great on the wing playing with Kevin Hayes. He's been great on the power play. JT Miller is making the case for probably, I mean, season MVP, if you ask me. For the Rangers? You mean just, yeah, yeah of course. No, uh, not for the league. No, not for, I'm not, I'm not no, fucking no, no, nuts. No, no. Connor McDavid exists. Um, the only people I would trade JT Miller for in a larger package are the Patrick Lainez, Austin Matthews, right. Connor McDavid's of the world. I think. Um, I'm not trading Gra- him for Gra- a defensive upgrade. Grabner could be the star of the year for the Rangers. I think that's fair. I, I think Miller has been, on a game-to-game basis, more consistent than Michael Grabner. Mm, I think Hayes has too. If he, if I'm. I think Michael Grabner's played so well because he's often paired with JT Miller. I think, I think Grabner's strong play has more to do with JT Miller than JT Miller's strong play has something to do with Grabner. That's fair. You know, well, Grabner did play in the Leafs last year and didn't really do anything. So JT Miller might be the one that's really advancing his game to where it is now. JT Miller is basically Neo. Oh, that's, yeah, of course. Everyone gets that reference. You want to explain? <laughs> <laughs> have you never seen The Matrix? I have. He's the one is what you're calling him? Uh, well, that's what you just called him. So I was just bouncing off your point. Oh, okay. All right, fine. I didn't actually notice I said that. Uh, yeah, you don't notice what you don't notice you say anything. You said someone had a dead leg last week. Yeah. We weren't even talking about I, I lost anything. the ability to English so hard in the last podcast. You uh, you make it sound like it's a one podcast. Thing. It's definitely not. It's all podcasts. I can't pronounce anything. Can I barely speak English? Here we go. No, Next you, point you here. You should see you should see Ryan's spelling for shit. Well, some of you do. Mm. Every time you post something on Reddit. Uh last week my name was plural. I did yes. I, I was just Greg Kaplitz. That's it. Listen, I, I have dyslexia and I'm not afraid to admit it. And is it an excuse? You, you'd you be the judge. <laughs> and yet people listen to you. It's really incredible. It really, really is. Uh, we're still here. We lost the game against the Blue Jackets. Was that planned? Uh, um, God, it's so weird being a Ranger fan. Every conversation I have with a Ranger fan right now is, ah, oh, did you see the game last night? Yeah, we lost to the Blue Jackets. Yeah, nice. exactly what we nice. wanted, wasn't it? Perfect. Um, man, it's just, it's awkward. I hate doing this. It, it just makes so much more sense to be the number one wild card than it's it does a to little be the suspicious that we went to overtime in every single game this week except this one <laughs> we were like trying to, um, trying to lose those games i don't i i, won't, I don't want to say they're trying to lose no they're uh, definitely not it's yeah it's just so weird i will say this and i know we get into this a lot later in the podcast we do if the rangers trade for kevin shattenkirk right now i have no problem being a three seed hmm okay bring it on that, that's bring it on uh, i i still do have a problem you know i'm not i'm not afraid to say this i think going to the wild i'm Everyone says I've, I've seen some takes online today that were. And by the way, you can find takes of anything online. In case you're wondering, I've seen some what? takes. I know. Oh my god, I've seen some takes online that say, you know, if the Rangers are going to win a Stanley Cup, they have to beat the best teams in front of them. No, man, if the Rangers are going to win a Stanley Cup. I don't care if all the other teams are injured. As long as they have the cup in the, at the end, I don't care what happens. I want to take the easiest route possible. Just so we're yeah. The, the argument of you. Well, if you want to win the cup, you have to face the Penguins and the Capitals. Well, you know, there's a way to win the cup with, with only facing one of them. Maybe. Maybe. And that's by that's by going through the Atlantic route, and that's by being the number one wild card. Yeah, and I, so, listen, if will, I can only play one, Rangers, I want to do that. Will the Rangers eventually have to play one of the Capitals or the Penguins? Probably. Um, would they be putting that off and possibly getting lucky by someone beating them before they have to? 
Sure, if they're the number one wild card, you're guaranteeing yourself having to play the Penguins if you're the three seed. Absolutely. Whereas, whereas if you're the wild card, you know, anything could happen on the other side of the bracket. Just worry about the shit in front of you. We, I feel like we could legitimately win that bracket. I think, like, if we get to the first wild card, I, I feel very strongly we'll get to Eastern Conference Finals. Well, I have no question in my mind that the Rangers are better than the Ca- uh, Canadians, who are the number one seed in the Atlantic. So. Right. I feel very strong we will make Eastern Conference Finals. Now, is that good for this I team? Think, I, yeah, I, I, obviously you want to be there. I think dollars to donuts. The Rangers right now are the third best team in the Eastern Conference. The problem with that is, you know, two the two teams in front of the Rangers. Are super teams. Both are in their, they're, in, they're, they're not just super teams. They're in their own division. Yeah. It's the Penguins and the Capitals. So Being third is tough. Could, it's not like, like, people just forget, like, it is physically impossible for both the Capitals and the Penguins to meet. Oh my God! The Eastern Conference Finals. Is this what the Clippers feel like? Like all the time? Oh, with the Spurs and the yeah, with Warriors? the Spurs and the Warriors. Like they're they're really good, but they're just not in the same class. I mean, yeah. I just probably. had to. Yeah, I just had to make that. that or or this is exactly this. Or you can make the case this is exactly how the Capitals feel because. Mm-hmm. Historically, they just haven't been better than the Rangers and the Penguins. That's true. I like I said, I'm not scared. I'll say this every single podcast. I'm not scared of the Capitals. Just not. So no, I I won't. They they have to beat me in order to scare I'm me. Ready for and, them to prove it? Like uh, I need I need a prove it moment. The Penguins, I am. I will shit my pants, Greg. That team is scary. And the one thing that sucks is now that we live in Donald Trump's world, there's just no chance that Alex Ovechkin can't get deported. I know for whatever reason. Come on, man. Come on, Trump. There's no chance. I just want one time, just one favor. That's all I ask. Not that I have no respect for Alex eventually, but I really don't want to play him. He's a, he's a great man. He's funny. Uh, but I would prefer it if he just fucked off. Yeah, just don't want to play you. And you, you hit my players a lot with your sticks and, and with your body. Oh, my God. So. Oh, my God. He's like, you know, oh, my God. You know who Alex Ovechkin is? Who's that? He's Alex. the Chase Utley of hockey players. No, no. Chase Utley's a demon. Uh, and what is Ovechkin? He's not. I have, I have more respect for Ovechkin than Chase Utley. There, there was a time I had plenty of respect for Utley until he broke my shortstop's leg. Mm. Can we, you know what? It's, I haven't, it's been a minute since we've talked about this, and I need to bring it up again because it bothers me every fucking day. I don't care that the Mets won that series and went to the World Series that year. How was Chase Utley safe on that play? He never touches, <laughs> this he never touches the fucking bag. It's he never touches the bag. And this is what we're doing. <laughs> Brian, he never touches the bag. He literally, like, I get that Tejada doesn't touch the bag, but neither does Utley. Neither of them touched the bag, so how is Utley safe? It, he ran back to the fucking dugout. It, he never touched the bag. Never once. Uh, you're right. I, I can't disagree with you, but that's what they ruled. What do you want? It, it's in I, the past. I, I Justice. That's what I want. You just said we live in Donald Trump's America, and you want justice? All right, buddy. I don't know. Good luck. Line up. You know, I don't fucking know. I just... It, it, there are random days where I'm just like driving to work or taking a shower <laughs> or doing any mundane thing. And I'll just stop to myself and think, how the fuck did they call Chase Utley safe? Like, nothing sports related bothers me more than that. I, I, re- I will always remember where I was. I'll always remember how drunk I was. I'll always remember who I was with. I'll always remember everything about that exact moment. I, for the fucking life of me don't understand how they call them safe i just picked have that that movie scene like when the character's sleeping the character being you this time and they wake up in a cold sweat and then they flash to that moment i that's what i figured have steve all the time is you just wake up in a cold sweat with chase hudley sliding into rubitana see i don't think it's a cold sweat i think like because a cold sweat is kind of something like you wake up 
out of fear, right? Like yeah. cold sweats are associated with fear. It's not fear. It's anger. It's like I'll wake up like fucking punching a wall because <laughs> of Chase fucking Utley. All right. On that note, in Mets news, City Field might host the outdoor series next year for the Rangers. How yeah. how much are we going to do a live podcast there, and how often? Yeah, done. Um, <laughs> Easy. I've, I told you before Once, we start podcast. Way, answer, I've already in my head spent the two hundred and fifty dollars or however much we'll need to spend. We on are tickets. guaranteed to be there. So if you yeah, ever, if done. you ever wanted to hang out with us, we'll be there. Uh, we'll be now. The super the super weird thing about it is because of tax rules in the state of New York, the Rangers cannot play a home game in the state. That is not at Madison Square Garden. So the Rangers cannot be the home team. So they'll be for, the away team versus They the, have to be. Versus the so that means the Sabres are the team being rumored right now, but it's a long fucking trip for a home game for Buffalo. The mm. Islanders would make the most sense. They really would. Um, I just I don't know I don't know what kind of you know machinations they have to do to make that happen with the Islanders. I don't think the Islanders have played a stadium series game, if I recall. I know the I, Rangers have played a couple at Yankee Stadium. I think, the, I think Rangers Islanders played stadium series. If you At Yankee Stadium, did they? I think so. Oh, I don't know. Shows what I know. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's the weird thing written in the tax rules. The Rangers cannot be – the Rangers cannot play a home game in New York and not have it be at Madison Square Garden. It was the 2014 stadium series. It was the Rangers Islanders at Yankee Stadium. And, and I, the Islanders were the home team. Yep. So if it if they do it again, it would have to be the Islanders the home team or the Sabres the home yep, team. Yep, New York Rangers at New York Islanders. You were very correct. Yep. Right. So I mean, it doesn't really matter who the Rangers play. I think it's going to be really cool to see a game at City Field. Uh, personally, I think it's a better viewing venue than Yankee Stadium. I'm in I don't there. think I'm being ridiculous saying that. I think biases aside, just City Field is a better place to watch a baseball game than Yankee Stadium. Totally agree. Uh, let's go on to the next point, actually. Dolan wants to build the IL Stadium in Queens, somewhere similar to the where City why, why, why does James Dolan want to again? It doesn't, I money, I'm assuming? To own the yeah, Islanders? He owns, he owns the Rangers? Yeah, why would he? Are, want are, to you, are you sure it's James Dolan? It is. I just double-checked on my Word document that I wrote down that Dolan wants to buy and build it. Okay, just because you wrote it in a Word document doesn't make it true. I'm going to do James Dolan Islanders search. Okay. Stadium. I'll even put that in there. Okay. See what pops up on the Google here. Just waiting for you. Jesus Christ. Report James Dolan among investors behind Islanders Arena. That doesn't make any sense. Wait, I don't get this. Wait, you can't. This wasn't a bit. You actually didn't know this. I did not know this. Because, oh, this is right, the best. Here's why I didn't know this. It doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> he owns the Islanders' direct competition. Yes, but he wants to keep them here with a with a stadium and helping invest into it. There's got to be some kind of rule that says an owner can't build a stadium for an opposing team. It, I mean, it has to be, but it seems like he's trying to become an investor in this. Doesn't that like? Wouldn't that make you feel good to say to Islander fans, we kind of own your stadium, so what's up with being little brother? Okay, so according to a Bloomberg report, the proposal for an arena near Belmont Park is a joint venue between the Islanders, Oakview Group, Sterling Project Development, those are the Mets, Mm -hmm. Dolan's Madison Square, oh my, oh, (laughs) Dolan, Dolan is an investor in Oakview, and Oakview is the group, Mm. so I don't know if it's like, a direct I don't, yeah, I don't think Dolan is physically investing in the stadium. I think a the financial group that has James Dolan's backing is doing it. But I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure there's they have to at least run it by him. I'm gonna spin it my way. You know, I would really like to own the Islander Stadium. That's just all. Oh saying. my God, I'd I'd feel so bad for Islander fans though if they were owned partially by James Dolan and the Wilpon family. 
Jesus Christ. Talk <laughs> As a Met fan, I think the Wilpons do sometimes get a bad rap, but, you know, I'm not an idiot. It's not like they're the greatest owners in the world. Greg, feel feel bad Islanders. Pick one. That's really <laughs> really where you're at, man. Oh, my God. That, that, is, that is just a slap of the dick, if you ask me. Totally is. All right, let's go on to our first interview where we're going to get pretty serious with, with uh, Brandon Cohen of Blue Line Station, and we're going to throw over that to right now. And we're back with Brendan Cohen of Blue Line Station. Brendan, say hello. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, so we brought you on here today because you're obviously you're an expert, a Ranger expert, and you run Blue Line Station. Uh, before we get started, do you want to like pimp your website a little bit, talk about what you guys do there? So we do a lot of posts uh, about the Rangers. We cover everything from past Rangers, present Rangers. We do a lot of trade rumors, although that's going to get stale pretty soon. And then we're going to focus our, we're going to shift our focus over to postseason run and then the postseason itself and hopefully it's a long run fun fact i actually use your website to prep for the podcast so thank you for all the good work that you guys put in awesome yeah i appreciate it so Uh, now we get to this greg fun times man i mean trade deadlines on wednesday so we have to talk trade deadline or uh so today brandon i'm sure you've been seeing it i know you've been seeing it the news today of course it's basically all Kevin Shattenkirk all the time. Of course. Apparently the Penguins and the Capitals are now in a bidding war between each other. Um, we should why... say that we're recording this at 7 o'clock Eastern on Monday night. So if anything changes, that, that's, this is what's happening right now. At the, at the minute. Uh, so my thing is, Brandon, the way I see it, it's kind of neither of these teams can sign Shattenkirk long term, right? Correct. So this is kind of the Blues trying to posture and get the Rangers to trade more, don't you think? That'd be my best bet. It's possible that the Penguins and Capitals both realize that this is a legitimate chance for one of them to make and very possibly win the Stanley Cup. So that he's the best player available. So when you want to win the Cup, you get the best player available. But at the same time, neither of them can afford him without trading assets off their current roster. Neither of them has a clear need for a top defenseman right now. Both teams, if anything, need depth players at best. So it seems like it's just Armstrong of the uh, Blues trying to get more out of their injuries. And at this point, doesn't really make sense for the Rangers to go above and beyond to try and get Shattenkirk, right? Because everything's pointing to Shattenkirk wanting to be a Ranger come this offseason anyway, and there are benefits to the Rangers simply not trading for Shattenkirk and not having to worry about signing him until this offseason, right? The only concern for the Rangers right now should be the Maple Leafs or the Bruins. Those are two teams that can trade for him now, and he could very easily end up up enjoying playing there so much that he says, you know what, I'll re-sign here. I would say especially Toronto for that one because Toronto is such a fun team, and they have a clear first-pair role for him. But at the same time, that's such a hypothetical, and the odds of that happening are pretty low, especially the Bruins are not interested in trading for him apparently which leaves only the Maple Leafs for such a scenario. So given that they don't have that necessary fit anywhere else, that leaves just the Rangers. So if he gets traded somewhere as a rental, the Rangers will probably be able to just sign him as a free agent at the end of the year. And that means he's going to be a Ranger either way. Right now, they're not looking like a legitimate cup contender necessarily. And if they are, Shattenkirk won't do it himself. They're going to need another piece. So there's no point in going all out for him like they did for Yandel or Stahl in the past, although Stahl was a terrible deal too. 
So right now it seems like the best deal is the one to not make it all. I just don't no. want to end up like the Knicks when they traded for Mello. Now, I'm not comparing Shattenkirk and Mello. Um, I guess I totally am doing that. But they're, they're obviously different level of players. But, you know, the Knicks sold off all their assets and the entire team around them. And so their future for Mello. We don't, I don't want to trade any assets when the guy's guaranteed to come here. He's, it's, every report says he's coming to New York. Why at this point in time would I trade my first round pick and Ryan Gropp or Ryan Graves? Would I, should the Rangers ever even consider doing that? The only reason I could see them doing that is if they see a Maple Leafs or a Bruins-type team going for Shaddenkirk, making a run in the playoffs. Shaddenkirk thinks to himself, wow, this is so fun. I'm really enjoying this team. They have a first-line spot for me on defense. You know what? I'm just going to re-sign here. If I'm the Leafs, yeah. though, why would I do that? I, I mean, I see the Wild. I see the Blackhawks along with the Caps and Penguins. I know my team's young. It's probably not time for me to make a, a run here and get a rental for a defenseman that's only going to be in my team maybe for half a year. But the Leafs probably don't view Shattenkirk as a rental. If the Leafs are trading for Shattenkirk, they think they can extend him. Got it. In which yeah, case, that's, that's, that's exactly, yeah. Shattenkirk's the exact piece you want with a core of Marner, Matthews, Hyman, Morgan Riley. That's a great core to build with Shattenkirk. But at the same time, Brandon, I'm sure you've seen this too. Shattenkirk lives in New Rochelle. He yep. went to high school in Connecticut. His family's in New York. He's often said he wants to play close to home. The Rangers just make perfect sense for him. Literally every report is pointing to him being a Ranger at some point in the near future. So if the reports are true, he's going to be a Ranger at the deadline or he's going to be a Ranger this offseason. The only concern should be if, let's say, Toronto acquires him, they have so much going for them. They have three to four months to convince him that Toronto's the place to be. The Atlantic Division, too, is terrible, so if they can make a little run, they can they can make a case for him, but it comes down to how dedicated is he really to being a Ranger. And the reports are that he really wants to be a Ranger over all else. Uh, Brandon, there, one topic that I think you create a little firestorm with, especially on Rangers Twitter, you're still a proponent of flipping Nash for Shattenkirk, so I kind of want to let you make your case and see if you can conv convince us that that would make sense at all. Yeah, so my big thing with Nash, it's the same thing with Grabner. Everyone's talking about trading Grabner. The expansion draft is coming up, and unless you're going to trade an asset for them not to draft certain players, you only have a certain number of spots to keep players. That means as of right now, the Rangers are going to lose a valuable player. As of right now, it's Michael Grabner. There's no reason Las Vegas would try to sign anyone else, try to draft anyone else off the roster. They're not going to go for Nick Holden. Anti-Round is great, but they can get another goaltender elsewhere. Grabner is a very valuable depth player right now, and he's very cheap. And the Rangers are going to have to re-sign Hayes. They're going to have to re-sign Miller. They're going to have to re-sign Zibanejad in the near future. And even Ryan McDonough's contract is going to run up soon. So Flyers after next season potentially be using one expansion spot to spend $7.8 million on Rick Nash for one year. I'd much rather keep our assets, keep the draft picks, keep the money, allocate the money that you're going to spend on Nash to Shattenkirk, and then you have all that. They have a lot of cap space right now for other players. They can use that for a Zibanejad, for a Hayes, for a Miller-type extension. That gives Buchnevich the chance to enter the lineup. Right. Or that's the perfect spot. They don't really lose out too much right there. But at this point in time, are the Blues interested in Rick Nash? Like, have they shown interest in him at all? Like, why would they do that? In the past, they did. 
in the past they did. Right now, I don't think for them it makes the most sense, although they also are trying to win right now. Chad and Kirk while still trying to win. You, and Rick Nash is a very good player, so I'm not, there's no... I'm not shitting on Rick Nash here. It, it's, it's like if you're trying to win and you're trading your 27, 28-year-old defenseman to get what back? Like, Rick Nash isn't going to make your team way better than when you have Shattenkirk, is he? Like, right now? Well, the two choices are essentially you can trade Shattenkirk for future assets, or you could trade him for a player who can help now. That's fair. Or you can keep him. But my, 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 my counter to the whole Nash thing is it made perfect sense to do this last summer because you would have had a full year of Shattenkirk. The Blues could have built differently defensively in the offseason. I don't think the Blues have any interest in it right now, and I also don't think it's necessarily viable to – if you're going to trade Nash, and I'm not necessarily against trading Nash, I just think you have to get one more playoff run out of him and then flip him in the offseason. How you flip him in the offseason for what you flip in the offseason, the way I look at it, kind of the same way you're looking at it, Brandon, where I'm trying to think of – the Rangers have only so many spots that they can protect players, and they're stuck with, you know, stall. I hope they buy out Girardi to free up a spot. But there are only so many spots you can fill with players you protect. And I, either way I look at it, I still see Grabner as being a guy the Rangers lose in the draft, and I still think there's value in that. Um, but if you wait on Shattenkirk, even if you trade for him now and you just don't extend him until free agency opens, you get the – handshake deal knowing hey here's the contract we're going to offer you Shattenkirk being a free agent means you don't have to protect him and if you trade Nash to some other team not necessarily for Shattenkirk in the offseason you're starting to recoup assets that you were going to lose like Grabner so I don't see the need to trade Nash right now I agree that at some point in time trading Nash does make some sense for the Rangers both short term and long term because this is a team with a lot of forwards they can't play them all uh, we're all angry that Buchnevich is getting scratched left and right, but that's a whole other story. Either way, there's plenty of depth here that you can absorb a Rick Nash trade. I just It doesn't make sense from the Blues' perspective to make that deal now, and it really doesn't make sense from the Rangers' perspective because if the Rangers really are going to make a cup run, Rick Nash has to be a part of it. I don't see any other way around it, especially this year. Part, part of it is, though, planning for the future in the sense that I don't think even if they make – let's say they – Let's say they swap Nash for Shattenkirk, which I don't think will happen because I don't think the Blues want to do it. And I don't think the Rangers are trying to trade Rick Nash right now. I think it would be a smart thing to do, but I don't think that's their focus right now. If such a deal happened, they would be able to protect Shattenkirk at the expansion draft. And then they would be pretty much forced into buying out Girardi, which is something everyone wants because Girardi is... No longer good at hockey, to say the least. You could say right. awful. That's fine. I will let you do it. <laughs> I can say awful. So <laughs> I, just, I, I think Gordon would, have to, Gordon would have to see the value in, I mean, you're gaming the system by doing it, but by simply not extending Shattenkirk until he hits the open market, that's legitimately just buying yourself an extra player you can protect because, you know, you don't have to protect unrestricted free agents. And if Shattenkirk really wants to be a ranger, it's not like he's going to go chase money out of nowhere when free agency starts. I mean, yeah, of course, there's more of a risk to that, but it does make some sense, and you do game the system a little. You can always protect a uh, Holden or a Klein or even Clendenning that way if they do buy out Girardi, get that extra spot. But as long as they can get some type of handshake agreement 
wink, wink deal with Shattenkirk, then that'll work out fine. Also, speaking of Klein, I don't think there's any way the Rangers trade for Kevin Shattenkirk where the Blues aren't taking Klein back. Am I right? Agree. Klein would have to go somewhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Blues. But he, but he has to, to go be... just to make the money work for starters. Yeah, monetarily he has to go. Also, roster spot-wise, they're not going to carry eight defensemen and not play Klein ever when he's being paid three million bucks. So I do think he's movable, though. I don't think there's any concern about him being untradeable like some people think. The idea, and... the idea oh, of sorry, it's okay. The idea of Adam Condenning being protected is absolutely hilarious. This is a guy we can't get to play despite his course being awesome. Oh just, yeah, he's not he, going to be protected. Yeah, I know, but just the idea you brought it up is funny. It's, I, I, I had a good laugh. Like, there's not like they, they fucking hate this guy and they won't play him and he will come on our podcast despite knowing he exists. So if you know him, like how you can get him on this podcast, let us let us know because we're gonna try and get him on here. It's just it's so depressing how good the Clendenning shape pairing is and has been. And AV, for whatever reason, either doesn't recognize it, doesn't see it, or doesn't want to admit it. And it's it's really funny that one of the main reasons I'm starting to really turn on Elaine Vigneault is because of Adam Clendetting. Like, that's something I never would have imagined happening. That's but it's, when, uh, it's, when it's freaking signed, un, it's undeniable. Like, what more does Adam Clendetting have to do? When he signed with the Rangers, I actually found out I was working at the time. I got a direct message from someone saying, Rangers signed Glenn Denning. And I thought they were talking about Luke Clendenning from the uh, Red Wings. And I was very upset about it. And I was like writing this really angry tweet. And then I looked at the Raiders Twitter and it said, Rangers signed Adam Clendenning. And I'm like, who is Adam? Like, I, I knew of him, but I was like, why are they signing this guy? Now here we are. It's, it's March almost. And we're talking about Adam Clendenning as this guy that's really changing the lineup. And I just think Vigneault does not even like watch him play the right way. Like, yeah, anyone can see that they Clendenning and Shea work great together. It's really helping Shea's development. And it, I just I can't see how you don't have him in the lineup every night. But Brandon, would, why would we do something that would help this team for the future? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that's the that's the whole thing. It would be one thing if Kevin Klein, even one of just Kevin Klein and Dan Girardi, if one of them was playing well, I would like the argument would be hard to make to get Clendenning in the lineup. But the fact that both Girardi and Klein are such negatives for this team when they're on the ice. And the fact that Vigneault doesn't want to try anything to try and improve the defensive core just frustrates me to no end. I, it, I, I can't compare this frustration to anything else that I've had to deal with as a sports fan. It's amazing. He scored the uh, game sign goal the other night, and in the post-game interview, Vigneault was talking about, I'd like to see him make a couple more defensive plays here and there, but if Girardi makes a single pass that lands on a Rangers stick, that's all we hear about in the post game. Yeah, he had he had a good night. He was really trying out there. Like what? <laughs> I, I <laughs> it's five turnovers. I can't stand it, Brandon. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to ruin Ryan's night by explaining to him that there is no way the Rangers get Shattenkirk without giving up a first round pick. Why would it? Remind? I look at it this way because it's not happening. The, I I the think flame, the Flames got um a second round pick. Uh, Joki Paka, I don't know if I said that name correctly, and then another asset, I think it was a third-round pick, for Chris Russell last offseason. I mean, did uh, we not see the Martin Hansel trade yesterday? Yeah, so the Wild has got a first-round pick and a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. Now, that brought Ryan White, too, but Martin Hansel's never scored more than 41 points in the season. Kevin Shattenkirk has, and he's a defenseman on the top pair. Okay. The only way... The only way he brings back less than a first-round pick is if 
Armstrong has no idea what he's doing. And everyone turns on Shattenkirk. So Brian Brian Boyle got a second round pick uh, and a player today uh, from the Leafs and the outrageous Ottawa Senators trading a top prospect oh, and a draft pick for Alex Burrows. There is no way the Rangers get uh, Shattenkirk without trading a first round pick. There is. I will be legitimately pissed. Uh, now I, I will ask you in a second, Brandon. But I guess I should ask you now. What do you predict the Rangers will do this deadline? It's, it's so tough because the more I hear about Shattenkirk, he's going to get traded. I think at this point, everyone knows he's going to get traded. But the question is, is he going to be a rental somewhere else? Or is he going to get go to the Rangers as a quote-unquote rental? Because I don't think the Rangers are going to make a deal knowing that they can just sign him later. There's no way... There's no way the Rangers will sign the trade for this guy. He's pretty much putting the media like Greg Wyshynski wrote an article today of like when will he end up on the Rangers? Like that doesn't yeah. he's gonna end up there. Like why would I trade assets for my team that I'm building for the future that has young pieces like Hayes, JT Miller, and and VC, and I'm gonna get Shaq and Kirk for and I'm gonna sign him for five to six years. Why would I give up my first round draft pick plus some of my prospects that could help me later down the later down the way? I wouldn't do the, that. The, argue, the argument to do it is whoever you take with that first round draft pick is not going to be better than Kevin Shattenkirk. That's perfectly fine, but you want him next to Shattenkirk. You don't. Yeah, have, you but, have no but, farm at all. The Rangers. The Rangers have to legitimately think that they have a. If the Rangers are trading for Shattenkirk, they legitimately think that they have a cup run in them this year, and that's not necessarily the worst thing to think. Henrik Lundqvist isn't exactly getting younger, and we saw how long it took Hank to really get in the swing of things wow. this year. It's not like he's going to magically just stay the great Henrik Lundqvist forever. So you're kind of, you know, you are working against the clock here. And Shattenkirk, no one is going to say Shattenkirk doesn't help. He helps immensely. And if you could get Shattenkirk for, say, Klein, a first-rounder, and Grop, I think if you're the Rangers, you have to do it. Mm. Oh. I, I I do that trade, but I've heard a lot of trades, you know what, throw in this, throw in that. That's the most I would trade right now because the 2000, also it has to be 2017 first-round pick, not 2018 first-round pick because next year's draft is supposed to be really good. This year's draft, you're just guessing at this point who's going to be good and who's not. There's like five legitimate top prospects in there. So if you throw in this year's first-round pick, yes, you lose that asset, but the Rangers have a fine amount of forwards and defensemen roaming around in the system, and they can deal with one more considering they're really looking at Lundqvist's years running out here. When you say a fine amount, did you mean zero? Like a finite amount? Like, cause <laughs> we have absolutely nothing last time I checked. <laughs> I mean, right now they got, they have Graves coming up ready for the NHL at any Graves moment. is like a D-minus prospect. <laughs> He's like, I'm not sure you have Graves. The guy can shoot, but like... He's gonna be a third line pairing blue like uh, blue liner for us. Like that's what he's gonna be. At the same time, you have McDonough, Shattenkirk, Shea. You can fill in that's the it. blanks here. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a fine future top three, and then you just have to fill in the blanks here and there. But I like our future of our team. I, just it's oh, it's it's the actual team now, not our farm system at all. Well, they do have the advantage that. Almost all of their forwards are under 26 years old right now. That, so yes, that was my point. They're, they're forward. They're going to – eventually they have to move forward for a defenseman, even regardless of if they get Shattenkirk or not, because they are on a forwards right now. And just no defenseman outside of those top three. I mean, Stolen Jardier signed long-term, but everyone knows they're not 
getting good. Stall will be okay. So will be all right. He'll be okay. Yeah, I I'm all on the, and look, it's not. I know we feel like it's a slam dunk that Shattenkirk will be a Ranger come this off season, but you know, it's not until it is. So if you can guarantee your future a little bit by trading something to the Blues and making this team this year better. I mean, I just the trading Shattenkirk and replacing Klein with Shattenkirk is just—it's such a nice thought. Like, there's no other really way to describe it beyond. Yeah. It feels it's, good. It's, a it's like thought. when you're on a beach and you had a margarita and the wind blows in your face. That's what it feels like. That's exactly it. It's unreal, uh, Brandon. Before we let you go, do you see? Is is it Shattenkirk or bust, or do you see any other smaller deal the Rangers could make? I know Brendan Smith's name has been uh, rumored a lot. I could see the Rangers making a move there. He's, he's a nice little defenseman there that if they don't get Shattenkirk, even if they do get Shattenkirk, at that point, you might as well go all in. Smith's going to cost no more than probably Brian Boyle cost or maybe a little bit more than that. The Red Wings aren't exactly used to the whole selling thing, so you might be able to get a little less towards them. Uh, outside of Smith, the only thing I could see is the Ducks have eight defensemen that are ready for the NHL right now. They have to keep Kevin Bieksa in the expansion draft. They're going to lose at least one good defenseman one way or the other. The Rangers have all these forwards. There's potential for a match there. The only issue is the Rangers don't want to trade any of their young forwards because they're all amazing. Yes. Why would you but want to do that? <laughs> there's any way the Rangers can find to get a Sammy Vadman or even a Josh Manson of the Ducks for any assets that are the young forwards. That's a deal I could see them making. There's so many different teams that are looking to make moves right now because of the expansion draft. So and I think the Rangers are exploring all of their options to get that defenseman. Before I forget, because this has been a rolling topic on the podcast for the last two weeks, and I think we need to talk about it again okay. this week. The prices, I mean, we saw what Martin Hansel got for the wild potentially a first and two second round picks for a guy as you said has not scored more than 41 points in a season yeah i have been on the do not trade michael grabner corner for as long as i can remember because i still feel that even if you lose grabner in the expansion draft at least you're losing grabner and not a longer term piece but man if you're getting that package for hansel you have to at least be floating grabner's name out there don't you I absolutely listen to offers for Grabner, but at, I wouldn't trade Grabner and then go out and acquire Shaddenkirk because those two deals counteract each other. Now, if you're getting a first-round pick and an asset for Grabner, I think you do that no matter what. I think any team would do that no matter what. We're talking about one year of Michael Grabner here. But I, I, I really only do it if it's a great offer that just wows you. And I don't think any team's going to do that knowing that it has to be a team that has a spot for him to protect him in the expansion draft, needs him right now, is looking to make a big run in the playoffs. It's not that many teams out there that have all those needs and have the assets to make a move that can wow the Rangers. It's, it's, I still, I am one that wants to keep grabbing there just because, kind of like what you're saying, I think. Grabner not only helps this year, but his just protection of younger assets in the expansion draft is vital for the Rangers. And that's, in my mind, the value you're getting from keeping Michael Grabner. I don't think it's losing assets by not trading him. I think it's 
hoarding your assets appropriately and planning appropriately for the expansion draft. But man, these deadline prices are insane. And I've said it on this podcast once, I do not fucking understand the NHL trade market. It doesn't make any sense to me. Don't get it. There hasn't been like a big, sexy name traded yet. I mean, the biggest name traded so far is probably what? Ben Bishop? And he went to get traded to the Kings who didn't need a goalie? It, 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 that, none of it makes any sense to me. It's essentially every team looks at their roster, says, what do we need? They don't know what they actually need, but they know they have their hands happy. So they just make the only move they could possibly think of, which for the Kings was, we just needed goaltending before, so why don't we get goaltending now that our goaltending is solved? Because that somehow <laughs> makes some sense of some kind to someone. And I, so- I, don't think, I don't think they can protect both Quick and Bishop. I think they have to expose... Bishop to well, the expansion draft. Be a free agent, so they're just going to let him go. They they essentially traded this prospect and Budai for 21 games or so of Bishop, where he'll play about 11 of those, and then if they even make the playoffs, he'll probably not play. So they made a trade for about 10 to 12 games of Ben Bishop, because that blows my mind. Makes sense to someone. Okay, sure. On that note, we gotta let you go. Uh, we got another another interview to go to right now. We want to appreciate. We want to appreciate you. I appreciate you for coming on. We, we want to thank you. Uh, do you want to plug yourself one more time before you go? Yeah, just check out Blue Line Station and um, thanks for having us. No problem, man. Ho- hopefully, we'll have you down in the line once the playoffs come out, come along here. Hey, we're all back right. with Andy Sukoff. He just says, all right. He's just interrupting me as I'm introducing him. <laughs> he is, uh, you got, you're the cover guy for the Stony Brook Hockey Seawolves. Is that true? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Getting getting tough in the in the Frozen Four this year? <laughs> no question mark. Well, they, it would be nice if they played at that level, but they don't. They play ACHA, which is club. They play Division One, and they're going to be going to Columbus, Ohio next week to play in the national tournament. Okay, so what I really need to know is how were you like, man, I want to cover Stony Brook hockey? <laughs> well, I was, I, I went to Arizona State where I was broadcasting their games for three years. And when I got back to New York, I said, you know, I still want to do this. And they were the only ones that had a team in the area. So I emailed the coach. I said, hey, you know, um, I, did, I did Arizona State. I would love to continue to do that. Uh, do you have a need? He put me in contact with their producer, and you know, I've just finished my third season with them. Wow! Well, I think you I think you buried the lead there. Arizona State has a hockey team. That was my other point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they, they have an NCAA team now, and they're actually getting better. They're on the upswing. But if you think about it, Arizona State is like the perfect place to have a hockey team. Is it? Yes, because here's why: you have an upstart team, where as a freshman you can play right from the get-go. You're playing in Arizona, where it's perfect weather almost all the time, and okay. there's beautiful women there at every step of the way. Let's talk uh, now. I can the latter point I can agree with because I visited Arizona and I was floored by that. Now the second, my first point here is beautiful weather. Do you live in an oven? Do you enjoy being in an oven? Because that's what it's oh. like. It's like sticking your face in an oven. Yes, but luckily <laughs> there wasn't too much humidity, so it wasn't too terrible. No, it's like 120 degrees. It's a fucking desert. Yeah, yeah, I'm very aware that. that first day I got off the plane, I almost I stopped dead in my tracks. I thought it was going to melt. All right. It doesn't make sense to me how Arizona has a hockey team and Long Island can't have a good hockey team. Well, actually, that does make sense. The Islanders suck. Anyway, uh, let's move on to – so they're going to this tournament. Are they favored? 
Uh, they're the number eleven seed out of the top twenty. Good number, good number. So they got they got a little bit of a uphill battle to climb. They're past national champions. They're playing Lindenwood in the first round, and Ooh, Lindenwood tough, tough is, opponent. Yeah, Lindenwood. They've won multiple national championships. They're a very tough team. They're very big, which may give Sonny Brook some fits, and hopefully they can use their speed to counteract the size of Lindenwood. I love this analysis because literally, how many people show up to Stony Brook hockey games? Just curious. Actually, a decent amount. We, we get, they actually get a pretty good following every every Saturday night. That place is pretty full. All right, I'm gonna come out for a game. So they're done after this. Uh, yes, the regular season is done. The next game that will be played at the Rinks and Hot Hog will be probably the end of next of September or early October. Next, hit me up on Twitter or just hit me up anywhere next year. I will go to a game with you, and I will we'll podcast from there. Okay. I'll, do. I, I, I'll make sure to let you know. All right. So let's talk some Rangers, unless you want to get some other points with the Stony Brook, Stony Brook Seawolves here. <laughs> no, unless you got any other things you want to ask, we can move on. Are, can any of them play defense for the Rangers? Um, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, we just talked a bunch to our Blue Line Station friend, uh, Mr. Cohen, about the Shattenkirk deadline and, and how, if he's going to come here or not. What are your thoughts on the deadline, and do you think the Rangers should make a move? I'm not sold on Shattenkirk coming now. Yeah, Maybe my guy. Hmm? Sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I think giving up the the big haul that they would have to give up for Shattenkirk is very is pretty excessive, and you know we've seen them give a first round pick after first round pick for how many years now with the Yandel deal and the Martin San Luis deal. I, I, I'm pretty sure George Bush was present the last time the Rangers had a first round pick. Yes, sir. But, but that being said, if they can take a shot at getting him in free agency, I wouldn't be opposed to that. In regards to making a trade this year for a right-hand shooting defensive, which is something that they do need, especially with Klein being injured, I would I would contact Buffalo to see if Cody Francis is up for, for trade. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, and he's not going to cost you probably as much as a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk. Well, and they're of similar age. Shattenkirk is 28. Francis twenty nine. Yeah, I've I've definitely mentioned Francis on in the past, saying that if you're not going to want to spend big on a defenseman, he's the guy to focus on because it seems like though the Sabers the Sabers fancy themselves playoff contenders this year, but I don't think Francis is a guy they see as vital to them making a push. Like they can be half buyers, half sellers if push comes to shove. Yeah, because right right now the Sabers are in like that weird position where they're like they're almost ready to break out but they're not quite there yet like they need like one or two more pieces and the fact that they have Eichel there is all is definitely a good start and they they can really build a foundation from there yeah and I don't think they see Franson as a long-term piece anyway I think they they signed Franson because his value dropped so significantly in the offseason that he became almost too good of them to pass up uh I, I personally would like Franzen. I, I look, I'm just saying. I said this when Brandon was on. I'll say it again. Kevin Shattencook is better than anyone you're going to take with that first round pick this year. So if the first round pick is the thing that puts it over the edge with first rounder Klein and Grop gets you Shattenkirk, I'm not going to say no, especially if the Capitals and the Penguins are serious about being on the Shattenkirk sweepstakes. Yes, but will Klein as an Someone who's been injured this season is that going to in, that going to scare off St. Louis where they where they're going to ask for other pieces and you know that might be where you th- where they might ask for you know potentially a Lindbergh or 
you know, so someone like that, where then you lose that extra depth on the forward line, then you have to look at making moves from from within to replace that forward. I'm not a hundred percent sure you'd have to include. I mean, the price on Shattenkirk is so low because just about every team knows if they're trading for Shattenkirk, they're not extending him. So that immediately depresses his market more than it would other players. But the rental market is so high as it is that I don't think it depresses it enough to a point where the Rangers could just swoop in and get him for nothing. Well, of course not. I, I like Lindbergh. I'll be honest. Wouldn't be heartbroken if he was traded for Shattenkirk. Even with the fourth and, line uh, playing like they have been recently, Craig? Yeah, because I, I, I think you can plug in Pumple. You can even Peary played well in his one-game audition, two-game audition again. I think it's a lot easier to find fourth line centers than it is to find someone like Kevin Shattenkirk. You think? Yeah, and I, I will. I will. I also having watched. Having watched the games recently, I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Adam Clendenning so far. Yes, he's not Kevin Shattenkirk by any means, but he's proving that he's that he's earned the ice time that he's getting right now, and especially on the defensive pairing with Brady Shea, it's working out pretty well. Yeah, you're, you're preaching. This is Adam Clendenning's podcast, basically. Yeah. Like, All right. Do you I've know? Been, I've been on the Clendenning corner since day one. He is because again, I oh God, I, I've yeah. I definitely said this when Brandon was on with Clendenning. It's not just that he's been playing well; he's just clearly better than Girardi and Klein. And the fact that he's not fucking playing blows my goddamn mind. I can't stand it. So, yeah, what, what what would be great if the Rangers can get Shattenkirk is that they will likely be putting up either if they if it's approved either Girardi or Stahl for the Vegas expansion draft. So no, they can't. that can clear up the space to get to sign Shattenkirk long-term. They can't, they can't do that because those guys, because both those players have both no move contracts, which means they can't be selected for the player draft. Um, I mean, I, I, the, I thought they could ask for approval. And if they so choose, if they so chose, Vegas is taking ground. So I don't want to cut you off, but that's just what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm they're going to they're they're have, have to buy out 35 goals this year. So, who, why wouldn't you want to start your franchise with a guy who can put up 30 goals? I would too. Exactly. I'm, look, I'm fine with losing Grabner. I don't think he's ever going to have another season like he's having this year. Um, Since you're a yeah. hockey guy and you're a contact guy and you have some maybe ins in the scene, how can we get Adam Clendenning on this podcast? Let us know. How do you do this? Like, you, you do this for a living, right? <laughs> yeah. Basically what I would do, find the Rangers media guy. Girl. And media girl and beg. Okay. Yeah. And so real, real bad news about that. A lot of people begged her all day long, including one of our good friends, Brian Wojniak. So, uh, I will continue to beg her and, but that will not work. Uh, we, we, Adam Quinn knows we exist. Just letting you know, he likes our tweets when we talk about them. So can they maybe reach out to him directly? We have. So come on, Adam, just come on on. Just one 10 minute interview. Just going to ask you about a hot dog's a sandwich or not. That's it. Come on, hang out. The hot dog is not a sandwich. Oh, oh Andy, get out of here. It's a sandwich. The smartest people in America say it's a sandwich. All right. We'll, we're gonna, we'll get into this now. Do you want to get to this now, Greg? I, I want to get into this right now. Okay. So we were going to save this for the nonsense segment, but Andy, you're here. All right. Two organizations came out this week and said hot dog is a sandwich, and that is NASA. Thanks, NASA. And the FDA. Now, before Greg goes into this big rant about how he's right, because he has the Not FDA and NASA on the side. I just Not want to sh- it's just the fucking truth. No, I just want to shit on the FDA real quick. I you, allegedly maybe used to work for a company that would go through the FDA a lot. And the FDA came in and tested two of our hand-specific products. And they were fucking frauds. And we pretty much paid them off. So you've, they're pretty much assholes and frauds. They're fake news. 
And there's no way a hot dog is a sandwich. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. FDA, shout out. (laughs) The dictionary defines a hot dog as a sandwich. Nassau says it's a sandwich. Nassau County says it's a sandwich. sandwich. (laughs) They probably do because they know the shit. The same people that elected Kate Murray at one point. So maybe we shouldn't take Nassau County at their word. The dictionary also made bootylicious a word. You know, I have a lot of a lot of crimes. And also, NASA, you're on watch. SpaceX is outdoing you. So SpaceX is killing your ass right now. So how am I supposed to respect you? That's not NASA's fault that the Trump administration doesn't want to invest dollars into the space program. Mm, not on that. I'm not getting into not that. that. I'm not getting into that. All right. I'm glad that we, we discovered this. Andy, since we're going to do all the nonsense since you're here. So, that, so congratulations. You're in our nonsense segment now. I like it. Well, hold on. I don't, I don't know if we're done with the Rangers. Andy, we asked Brandon. We got to ask you the same question. Okay. Sure. Do you see the Rangers making a move at the deadline? I do, but I don't think it's going to be the big move. I, I think it's going to be some small complimentary piece. It, I don't think it's going to be Shattenkirk. But I, I'm usually wrong on these situations. Like, I'll say something's going to happen and the complete opposite happens. So maybe you should take the Costanza route on this one. Uh, see, I'm with you, and that's the worst part is I know something's going to happen. I don't want it to. I don't want to trade the picks. I don't even. I don't even want to make this minor move. I like the team I we have now. I, I don't think we're going to be able to beat. Greg, I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're speaking about shit. You, you're too in love with first round picks, dude. Get over it. First round picks aren't guarantees. You know I just first love round value and draft value. I can't do it, Greg. I'm done with this. Marriage. How's still how's <laughs> Enlighten me. He's hanging on the couch. That's, that's a cheap shot. <laughs> that, that was cheap. That was cheap. I'm just saying, it, like, having hey, a first-round pick. I think you're wrong, but that's a cheap shot. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, everyone values first-round picks. They put them on a fucking pedestal. They're not slam dunks. They're not guaranteed to pan out. The Rangers have a shit track record of drafting. They're yes, a lot they better do. in the – But the guy is begging to come here. He's like – every report is like, he's coming to New York. So if you're going to sign him, he's not staying there. He's going to New York. When yeah, the guy is begging to come here, you don't give up so, the so assets. Waste. Exactly. So why waste why – waste- Picks and players to the to St. Louis. When if he wants to come here, get him for the six million dollars he's going to want, and then just go from there. You don't have to give up anything for it. Well, here's the thing: we keep trying to compare this to the Carmelo Anthony situation. We do. When the Knicks made the Anthony trade, they were not contending that year. The Rangers are very clearly contending this year, and if they get Shattenkirk, it could, in theory, take him a step further and make them competitive against the likes of the Penguins and the Capitals. And it's not just a short-term move. It's not a one-and-a-half-year rental like Keith Yandel was. This is a long-term move the Rangers would make now that not only makes them better for the right now, makes them better for the long term. And if the real price you have to pay for that is a first-round draft pick in a draft where there aren't any superstars and you're talking about a lot of meh guys that could or could not work, who gives a shit? It's a first-round pick. The Rangers have three draft picks in the first two rounds next year. It's not like they don't have assets sitting around. Shattenkirk is better than any player the Rangers would draft at their draft spot next year. Plain and simple. Because we're also, you got to remember, we're talking about like the 26th overall pick. We're not talking about anything in the top 15. Not talking about anything in the top 20. We might not, we probably won't even be in the top 25. So the fact that we're getting hung up on what is the equivalent of, I don't know, a B minus pick for Kevin Shattenkirk? What are you nuts? He's coming anyway. That's my whole point. I know, but he's clearly going to make the Rangers better this year, is he not? Would Kevin Shattenkirk not make the Rangers better this year? Yes, that's a dumb question. Yes. He would. So then are the Rangers not going to have a team with Kevin Shattenkirk able to make a cup run this year? Anything's possible. 
<laughs> in the it's, words of Kevin Garnett, not, anything it's, is possible. It's not possible old, 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 if Dan Droid and Kevin Klein are playing over Kevin Shattenkirk. Old, old, old jokes aside, I'm a Jets fan. I'm used to my team screwing up draft picks anyway. So, Hey, RIP Nick Mangold, man. Oh, man, that sucks. It, yeah. It, 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 that, unfortunately, that had to happen. You know, it's $9 million that they get saved so they can piss it away on somebody else. So, yeah, I got a question. Jake, hey, I got a question for you. <laughs> hey, hey, I would fucking love Jay Cutler with the Jets. He's going to be a Jet. Like, let's just call I'm it now. I'm so excited for it. I, I would take him over Tony Romo only because I would really feel bad if Tony Romo died oh, on the field. Tony Romo's not fucking coming to the Jets, bro. There's no way he would do that. Why would he do that? That makes no sense. Because he's too many shots in the head. Yeah, I think I, uh, there was a report out today that there's rumblings of a uh, – and this would, this would crack me up, and I would feel so sorry for all my Jet fan friends. Uh, Alex Smith to the Jets is a no, real possibility. dude. I, <laughs> You know what? I actually wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, you would. As someone that once rooted for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Andy is a man who is desensitized. You could tell it. You could see <laughs> it in his voice. Well, because I think <laughs> I are you wearing are you wearing a Yankee shirt, Andy? Is this where it all comes from? What's that? Are you a Yankee fan? Yes, I am. Oh. Yeah, so you know what success is like. You don't know what it's like to suffer with teams forever <laughs> and ever. I I I've been, I've been a Jets fan longer than I've been a Yankees you, fan. So, yeah, I, I kind of do know what it's like to suffer. I've I have plenty of friends who are Patriot fans who love to rub it in every day that I get to do, that I get to be a Jets fan. I'm going to ask you a important Some... question: Were you alive between sure. 1996 and 2000? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I had mean, a good time. Don't let the great years fool you. I was I was born around that. Yeah, so uh, I'm just, you're good. Yeah, like anytime a Patriot fan rubs it in your face, you're like, yeah, but I'm also a Yankee fan. Most Jet fans are also Met fans, so I don't have sympathy for you to be like a long-suffering Jet fan. I feel for every Met Jet fan out there that just has never known happiness. I, I grew up in a Mets household, so I got a soft spot in my heart for him. So why are you a Yankee fan? What the fuck are you doing, Andy? But my grandfather was a Yankees fan. I I used to watch baseball games with him. Good old grandpa. And I, don't, I, I don't know. My grandfather was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. You don't see me rooting for the L.A. Dodgers. My dad doesn't exist, so I root for the Rays. Um, <laughs> anyway, where were we? The Jets. Oh, uh, Alex Smith. Why would you want that? Because the guy can guy throws accurate passes, he doesn't throw many interceptions, and he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. You could throw seven I can, yard I can checkoffs. Look. Like what? What do you care about? <laughs> I I watched Chad Pennington do that for a decade. Oh, that makes sense. Andy, do you know who holds the record for the highest uh, completion percentage in NFL history? That unless Drew Brees passed him this year, it's Chad Pennington. No, no, no. In a single season. Uh, isn't it Alex Smith then? It's Sam Bradford. You really want someone like <laughs> Sam Bradford doing that for you every day? Well, I'll put it this way. Since he'll get, since he'll get hurt in like week one, I could just maybe maybe I can walk my way down there and be like, hey, you know, you need yeah. a quarterback. Got I can throw the ball. Well, yeah. first, first things first, Andy. If you can walk into any organization and say, hey, you need something, please walk on down to Madison Square Garden and check if they need a defender first. Yeah. Uh, Especially since just, you two fools don't want to trade for fucking Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> Uh, well, let me let me backtrack a little bit. I'm five seven. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. Nobody would want me for any professional sports position. Anyway, Matt Zuccarello's five two, dude. <laughs> I've seen him in person. He's yeah, but he's from I'm not. He has the one ring. He's right. Like he does have the one ring to rule them all. So he can play. Uh, also, the skates add like six inches. So that's nice. Um, and yeah. like that sucks for you, Andy, because me and Greg are both six three. So it's tough. It's tough being oh, a yeah. short guy. I'm on my back too. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. Um, neither of us are tall. Where were we? So, other than the Jets and the U, so you're a Jets, Yankees, Rangers, Knicks fan. 
No, hate the hate the Knicks okay, ever good. since they traded Starks. Just don't be a Nets fan. Just don't, don't do it. I, I, I'm not. Okay. I they're they're the most the the two of those are probably the most mismanaged organizations in all of basketball. When it comes to basketball, I go for St. John's. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a good answer. Speaking of, real speaking New York, real New York guys. Basketball organizations. Oh yeah, that's really there. But how, wait, hold on. You you must be pumped up about Chris Mullen though. He's doing good. I, I I I like what I see out of him. He's getting good recruits, local recruits, which is something that Steve Lavin couldn't do. Good kids, local uh, kids. I think I think next year is going to be the year they take the big step forward. All right, Andy. Before we let you go, man. So you're saying the Rangers will make a move, but it's not going to be for Shattenkirk. But since you're often wrong about these things, you're basically <laughs> confirming that Kevin Shattenkirk is going to be a Ranger. That, given the Cassandra method, I will say Kevin Shattenkirk will probably be a Ranger tomorrow. <laughs> Andy, awesome. I appreciate you coming on. Before you go, is there anything you want to plug or pimp out? Mm, you know, when next season starts, if you can't make it to the games, you can always watch the games at stonybrookhockey.com. You can listen to us live there every night that we have games on at home. We'll try to get to, on the road. And hopefully next time I join you guys, maybe you guys come on to my show at WGBB. And we can make something work with that. We love to. You, we just have to have that beep button real quick to you because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Greg and I get potty mouths, uh, and we yeah, gotta really we, hold we, back. We get a little, we get a little antsy in the pantsy. Yeah, it's it, the it, word it, It's okay. We're, we're New Yorkers, or at least two of us are New Yorkers. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Three of us are New Yorkers, <laughs> so we're good. Uh, I count Greg as New Yorker, even though the group of Connecticut. Whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. Whatever. You're, you're New Yorkers. It's it counts. All right, Andy. It's a pleasure having you. We'll see you next time. We'll be at the big game with you next year, and uh, have a great day, man. You too, guys. Thank you. All right, we're back with the final nonsense segment here. Greg, we have two f- important food topics to talk about. I'm going to take the wheel on the first one, okay? This is, Jesus, I, take the wheel. This is something you don't give a shit about that I care very much about. Taco- oh, it's naked, 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 fucker, fucky, fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right there, buddy. Um, <laughs> that was tough. Um, Taco Bell has discontinued the naked chicken chalupa. Out yeah, of that's nowhere. That. It's been four weeks. Now here's look, I don't wanna I don't wanna put a woge here on you, Ryan. I'm just the connected dots guy. Yeah. I was on the podcast saying it was kind of meh. And obviously it's my opinion people take seriously, not yours. I've met no one so, else that says meh. Just all I'm saying is you're welcome, world. I got rid of the naked chicken chalupa. No, so I did some investigating today. Cause I Is it a ch- naked chicken chalupa? Is that what it's called? That is correct. I, the chicken is the okay. shell. The chicken was the shell. I yeah, did some investigating today because I thought, you know, it's talk about it and give me a date for when uh, this naked chicken chalupa was running out. So I, I had to do my due diligence as a person and go to Taco Bell to eat one more, just one more time because February ends early on the 28th, as if you didn't know. So I went, got my naked chicken chalupa. I have to tell you, Greg, I was incredibly disappointed for the first time. It was stale. This is a food quality problem. The reason why they're discontinuing it is because they have all this overstock of naked chicken chalupa because it was a big seller and they still have a little bit left over and the ones they have left over are not good. They were just not. It was a little bit too crunchy and I was incredibly disappointed. So I expect this item to come back when they figure out how to keep this fresh for a longer time. I know you don't care, but I'm just letting you know. This is devastating (laughs) to me. I mean... I, I just I don't I don't know how else to tell you. It just wasn't that good. Okay, let's get into something. I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, of all the things I've eaten in my life, it's not in my top 100. It just came and went too soon. That's all I'm saying. It's definitely not in my top 100. I've eaten a lot. So just... I think I think it uh, I think it 
it lived a full life, if you ask me. Greg, we do not get political on this podcast, despite mentioning Donald Trump three times in this podcast. Uh, let me just say, for the record, mm-hmm. fuck that guy. Okay. Continue. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Right on the record. Uh, today, it was reported that Donald Trump eats his steaks with ketchup. Not just with ketchup, Ryan. You buried the lead. I did. He, he orders it well done, too. Okay. See, Let's be I'll, clear. Before you get started, because we're going to go in, both of us. We're going all in. You and I do not agree on food. I think that's clear. Not often. I think that's not clear. Not often. There's very few times, and I have a very strong feeling that right now will be the most agreeance we've ever been in. So, Greg, agreeance? Is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. You go first. Give me your take. Here's the take I express to people today. If you want to order a steak well done, fine. I don't understand why you would want to, but I'm not going to judge you if you do. It's not my place. I'm not eating it. As long as you're not serving me a well-done steak, you do you. Whatever you have to do to eat steak, fine. Um, it confuses me that you would order a steak well done, but again, not my steak, not my money, not my problem. It is of great offense if I see you put ketchup on a fucking steak. If you really want a beef product with ketchup, just order a goddamn hamburger. What is your problem? There are... You could almost put anything on steak, and I'd be like, all right, interesting. But ketchup? Like, why don't you just eat the ketchup? Don't even have the steak. Just, like, guzzle ketchup down your fat gullet, you animal. There's so I many better understand. things I, to put on steak, Greg. First of all, a perfect steak you is one you, you medium rare anything. and two served with mashed potatoes. I don't even need anything else. Would I like gravy? Absolutely. Do I need gravy? No. Nope. Because – a steak cooked properly is juicy, has its own like marinade to it, and that kind of is like built-in gravy that you can just guzzle that shit down. Exactly. Mashed potatoes, medium rare steak. That's all I need in this world. You can get it rare. You can get it black and blue. Hell, if you want to get it medium, fine. Do you do you. Again, you can even get it well done. And I'm just like, you know, it's a I little totally weird, but disagree. it's not the weirdest thing in the world. And I, I – I know we said we were going to agree. Well done is disgusting, Greg. If you're in, what, if Ryan, would I ever eat a well done steak? No. no but I'm just not. saying, like, my line of. I, it, it takes a lot to give me to give a fuck about something you're eating. Like, usually it's just, I don't give a shit. It's right. your food. Do whatever you want. To put ketchup on a steak, I, what is. What, 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 uh, I need, like, you know, what do you, you sleep with your sister? Oh. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Like what, what? What the hell are you doing? I it, it doesn't make any sense. There are so many good things. A one steak sauce, gravy, mashed potatoes. Um, Took my take so hard with A one steak sauce. By the way, A one steak sauce dude, is a phenomenal product. It's amazing. So why would like that's an option? Just put that on your steak. I, I the ketchup makes no fucking sense. And look, Donald Trump has done a lot of questionable things in his very short time as president. He's done a lot of things I don't agree with. But there is no going back from putting fucking ketchup on a steak. You assholes out there, some of you listening to this podcast, voted for that prick, <laughs> that ketchup steak eating prick. This is how we and lose this is on listeners. You. Just to get this is on you. But yeah, hashtag not my steak. Okay, unreal. Like honestly, if you're gonna put ketchup on steak, just order fucking chicken. Don't even order steak. Get something else on the menu. I just get wanna, a fucking salad. I'm gonna go ahead and and and. 
apologize for a second. You're not pricks, and I appreciate you listening to this podcast, but you made a mistake. No, 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 no. You need to know. Okay. You need to know. Just, just know that Ryan loves you still, no matter what. I accept you. Fine. Just... Good cop, bad cop. I'll be the worst <laughs> cop right now. No, Ryan still you loves you, know. and you... I appreciate you're here even though you did make maybe make a little mistake. But I disagree with and you Greg... respectfully. That's all. And Greg That's is all. disgusted in you, yes. and he doesn't want to know you exist. Ryan loves you, baby. Come, come to Papa. Uh, anyway. If you do eat well done, though, Ryan does not love you because it's terrible. You're eating a brick. You you might as well drown it in some sort of sauce, including a sweet baby rays or a one, but not ketchup because you're that's disgusting. Why would you even do that? It's mostly sugar, Greg. It's not even tomatoes. It's I just I don't I honestly don't understand why someone would want to order a well done steak. Like, isn't it cheaper just to get beef jerky? Is it's it, the same thing. Yeah, beef jerky is delicious, but the, yeah, and it's salty. The appeal like, of a good steak is that it's it's melt in your mouth. It's this quality piece of meat that has been crafted for you. Now, when you're eating a brick, it's really not enjoyable. So I don't. I get it. I'm gonna go ahead and take take a moment to shit on my my the worst organization of all time, Buffalo Wild Wings, and they do not do burgers less than medium well. And that is another reason why they are a terrible chain. I'm just gonna go ahead and I've, ordered, I've definitely ordered a medium burger from Buffalo Wild Wings. I've been told to my face on a date. Okay. Uh, First of all, why are couple, you taking a date to Buffalo Wild Wings? I'm, I'm gonna explain. A couple of <laughs> years ago, I may have been in a bad spot, and a good friend of ours, Joe Binks, uh, presented me with an option on Valentine's Day. He came to my house and brought me a card for Valentine's Day and said, "What do you love more, free food or do you hate Buffalo Wild Wings?" And he brought me a gift card for Buffalo Wild Wings. So for Valentine's Day, my friend Joe and I went to Buffalo Wild Wings because I decided I needed to eat. I was unemployed. I was in a very bad spot. And I got there and I asked for a burger, medium rare. And they told me, sir, we don't do that. And I think I threw my menu. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very upset. Uh, the wings... you, have bad, you have bad track records at restaurants that tell you you can't get something. <laughs> I really you, do get you offended everyone in that friendlies. I did. I really did. I was a little out of line. So I, I have to say I'm I'm a pretty good person at restaurants with the exception of friendlies and Buffalo Wild Wings. So I just want to I'm not gonna apologize to either of them. It was awful. So uh Greg, do we have anything else we want to talk about with steaks or are we good? I will let me say this because you know, I am a man of uh full honesty and I'm sure this story will get out there and people will try and use it against me. So I'm going to, you know, be the man about it and just admit it. Uh, there was a time where my dad and I went to Montreal for a long weekend while we were in college before my 21st birthday. So, of course, the appeal is I can now drink legally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say that was the entire reason for going, but it was definitely why I recommended Montreal at the time. Okay. Um, we went, my dad found a world-renowned steakhouse called Moshe's. Uh, amazing. But I'm looking at the menu with my father. I've had quite a bit to drink, may I add. This is before we went to the Canadian Senators game that night. And I'm looking at the menu. You know, steak, 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 steak. My dad makes his very complicated, super specific order. Waiter knocks it out. Waiter turns to me, drunk Greg, goes, and sir, what could I offer you? And in my moment of weakness, Ryan, I looked up from my menu, made eye contact and asked, tell me about your chicken teriyaki. No. Now, no. did I order the chicken teriyaki? No. Did the waiter stop for a minute and then ask, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> My reply was, well, why is it on the menu if you're not going to want to talk about it? I'm not even that mad anymore. Uh, My dad got very angry, scolded me, and then I ordered easily the best steak of my life. No question. That story, Done. I was so scared for half of that story, and I'm glad you brought it back. Uh, yeah, best steak of my life. It was incredible. 
cannot recommend it more. If you're ever in Montreal, check out Moshe's. It's incredible. And check out Poutineville. Poutineville, one of my favorite spots to eat. Anyway, that's enough Montreal talk from us. Want to appreciate you guys for listening this week. I love every single one of you, despite your well-done eating habits, ketchup eating habits, no, and, no, 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 and no, who no, you voted for. We're, we're, you know what? Here's the problem with Johnson. America these days. Okay. Here's the problem with America these days. Okay. We're giving out participation trophies for everything. Sometimes when people are wrong, they just need to be told that they're fucking wrong. Listen, I'm just telling you, I, ketchup, I don't agree with no, that. If you put, still if love you put them, ketchup Greg. on steak, don't ever leave your house. Don't ever eat steak again. And just, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be your friend. Off. I'll be your friend. I'll no, be your friend. Just fuck off. It's terrible. There are, oh, there's just, Ryan, there's so many things that you can pair steak with. It's literally the perfect You food. can pair steak with steak. I mean, now, I'm like, look, ketchup on burgers, perfectly done. normal. Done. Just have a fucking hamburger. Like, I, I don't know why you would spend more money on a steak just to put ketchup on it. I don't know. I got to end this thing. Greg. It's been a pleasure. Follow us on, on Twitter at Bullshit Breakaway. If you know Adam Clendenning, please tell him to come on this podcast. <laughs> Look, Clenny, we once Clenny, again baby. said very nice Clenny. things about you on this podcast. Baby. We do it just about every week. And we're, I should say this. We're not pandering to Adam Clendenning. We say nice things about Adam Clendenning on this podcast because he is a better defender than some of the guys the Rangers put in their blue line every night. If Adam Clendenning could literally be any other defensemen that the Rangers have. We could be saying this about Ryan Graves every week, for all I know, or Ryan Gilmore, literally anyone that's better than Kevin Klein and or Dan Ryan Mead. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, no, I don't think you are. Okay. Listen to you. You don't even think a hot dog's a sandwich. Mm. Um, but we've seen Clendenning do it. We know he pairs well with Shea. We know Shea plays better with Clendenning, and we know the Rangers are better when Clendenning is in the lineup. The only person that doesn't know that is Elaine Vigneault, who probably puts ketchup on his steak. We've come full circle. Uh, we didn't talk Oscars because neither of us cared. We love you uh, all. Oh, I will say this. How about yeah. this? I will say this. I don't okay. think it's a conspiracy. I think someone just fucked up. I think someone fucked up. I don't think there's a conspiracy either. Yeah, I think someone fucked up. That's it. Sorry. That's it. And everyone got along and everyone hugged. And it was good. It's good. It's good press for both both sides. Who cares? And Moonlight is the better movie. So you know, I don't know why we're all upset. I don't, we're not. That's the point. Okay. okay, see you guys next week. Uh, I think James is going to come on to talk post-deadline with us. Uh, Greg, will you be on for that, or will I be doing that solo with, with James after the game? Ooh, that's a good question. I will be coming home. My sister's getting married this weekend. I believe I'll be on a plane Monday. I don't know what time I land. Okay, so worst comes to worst. I, I, I might be doing the uh, call-in from my car special. Okay, worst comes to worst, I'll do a full interview with, with James, as I usually do, and we'll, we'll have no, because entire... If I'm not on, you guys will just whine and moan about losing a first-round draft pick when it's exactly what the Rangers needed. Well, I mean, you'll come on a little bit, but, you know, I can't do the full thing with you. But I, mean, right, we'll I always come on a little bit. Oh, hey, hey, 15 seconds. All right, we're out of here. Love you all. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.